Hello, lovely listeners. Hello. Happy New Year, first of all. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy 2020. Crikey. Like, how's that happened? I don't know. This year has flown by. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to think about it too much because I'm trying to think what I've done in that year. We've started a podcast this year. Was that this year? This time last year, I think we we were in kind of conception stage. We'd come up with a few ideas. Because the first one came out in February. I think it was, yeah. So we're rapidly approaching our pod birthday. Pod birthday. (laughs) Bring some pod cake. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but I can't wait to try some. So anyway. We're getting sidetracked already. We're back for the new year. And our first episode is going to be on... (gasps) Sustainable periods. Yes, the P word. That you look very uncomfortable about saying. I do not. How dare you? Say the word period. Period. Very nice. You only blinked three times when you said it. (laughs) Okay, so we wanted to talk to you guys about this topic because um, it's a huge huge topic at the moment. You're seeing it in the news quite a lot, um, kind of making periods and menstruation and that whole lovely icky time of the month um, more sustainable because it's it's quite a wasteful industry. Um, But it's also something that is a little bit stigmatised and a lot of people don't talk about really, especially not... You know, between friends, like you and I, a boy and a girl, I've never... Talk about, this is what we talk about all the time at the pub. <laughs> I, I, all, I can't you. stop Emma from talking about periods all the time. Uh, but actually, to, to be honest, one of the funny things is a lot of people, as soon as they know that I'm like a bit, I don't know, saying a bit sustainable... Um, it sounds a bit weird, but I know that I'm interested in kind of the environment and sustainability. Like, a lot of girls, even when I first meet them, will want to talk to me about things like moon cups. They just assume that like I'm a fountain of knowledge oh, really? for these things. But but girls are a lot more, I, I find anyway, freer will happily talk to each other, even if they don't know each other very well, about like the very gross intimacies of what's going on. Because it's quite nice to know that whatever you'll go through is normal, yeah, I think. Yeah, and, and you have to, um, well, from a sustainability point of view, being able to talk about it is quite important because how are you going to address sustainability issues if you're too nervous to talk about it exactly exactly and like over half the he world he says cross-legged and you rubbing look, his hands together and you do look you do look a little bit uncomfortable but this is <laughs> this is why i wanted to i wanted to kind of tackle this with you um because you know half the world at some point menstruates in their life um I don't know, so I guess about a quarter of them are probably mm-hmm. menstruating about now. I don't know, I don't have those facts, but it's such a huge part of life and it's just swept under the rug and kind of, um, we're quite lucky in our culture that it's not really that bad um, in terms of stigma and shame. But in, in some cultures across the world, women are literally kind of banished to a different village or put in a shed yeah. for the week where they're going through something that's completely natural and just tells you that your body's working exactly how it's designed to be doing. Um, so we, we are really lucky in that respect. But there are other conversations as well that need to be had around um, making those processes, those widespread processes, a little bit friendlier on the environment. Precisely. Uh, so we should all feel comfortable talking about these things. Um, but guys, I know that you may not be so comfortable listening to this podcast all the way through. You might have the look of fear that Lloyd's got right you, now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. If you, I might start wearing sunglasses for the rest of the episode. <laughs> so we don't make eye contact. But if you're, you know, a bit anxious about listening to this podcast, here's, here's a sweetener. I'm going to be um, reading out a, um, a manly, a stereotypically manly fact every um, <laughs> five, ten minutes or so. Uh, we're going to cover football, beer, uh, cars and uh 
diehard as well. <laughs> just to really diversify the listener base, just to, just to really keep people listening and part of this conversation. We're really addressing some stereotypes here and there might be some issues there, but just for, <laughs> just for fun. Um, and it's probably a good time to say that this episode was very kindly sponsored. Yes, we've got a partner for this yes. episode, can, can you believe it? We actually made it. <laughs> with a big time um, we, we have we've got a partner um uh, for moddy body are our partner um for this episode um they haven't they haven't sponsored it so much they haven't paid us to say this but um they have sent me a pair of their period pants to try which sound strange and if you've not come across them um they're basically pants that are very comfortable and quite attractive um but they kind of have an absorbent layer built into the actual pant themselves so they kind of act like a pad but they're pants do you know what I- I, I, yeah, I've got a very vivid picture from what you described. Yes, <laughs> I have to admit, um, I I wasn't so much sceptical. I liked the idea of them, and and that's why I kind of reached out to them and said, "Look, we're interested in having this conversation." Um, but I was expecting them to be a lot more nappy, like. I'll be honest. I was expecting them to be like really aggressively like padded and absorbent. Not a flattering, really line. horrible. Yeah. yeah, I thought they might like crunch as you walked. <laughs> Female <laughs> listeners will know what I mean. So I was worried they're going to be like that. But oh my gosh, they're br- they're brilliant. They're actually really, really thin, quite flattering, and seriously soft. I'm a I'm a big fan. They're very comfortable to wear. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm launching into the product review already. I was going to save this till later, but feel free. But here we go. I might as well. But yeah, so basically, the whole point of them is um, to act like it, it's it's an absorbent layer. So they have different absorbency um, types. So you can have like some light ones, which are a bit thinner, um, and they perhaps absorb like one tampon's worth. Um, so you could be wearing it as like an additional product, um, like instead of wearing a pad and a tampon, you wear a tampon and these pants. Um, or they have some much more absorbent ones, which you could just, you know, wear on a heavier day. Um, and, and, um, and I find it a little bit strange just trusting the pants that, that for me was quite a hard thing to get over. Cause I mean, women, we all get the fear of leaks. This is sure. one of the worst things. Lord, you're so, you're so lucky. You never have to go through this fear of like being on your period and wondering if you've left a mark wherever you've sat, <laughs> but this happens to all of us. And it's always like when you're in an important meeting or you're at school, um, and it's just the biggest fear. So like trusting that the pant is going to do what it's advertised to do, I think was quite, um, yeah, quite difficult sometimes, but they were great. But I have to, I have to admit folks, I don't, I don't have a super heavy, uh, Lloyd, you look so gross. <laughs> so <laughs> gross. <out. clears throat> I, I am absolutely at peace with this conversation. Great. Well, okay. I don't have a particularly heavy flow. So I'm very lucky. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't have any issues with them, but I think they would fit into my routine really nicely. Like if I would wear them at night um, or I would wear them probably with um, a tampon or a cup. Just I like the idea of them being like an extra safety layer. But also that technology, they also do pants, not just for periods, but also they do um, they do bras for when you're breastfeeding, because often if you're breastfeeding, you get a lot of leakages. So um, they've used that technology to stop you kind of leaking through to your shirt, which I think is brilliant. Very good. Yeah. So okay. anyway, they're, they're our partner for, for this episode. So thank you very much, Moddy Body, for yeah, thank sending you very me much. some um, And to reward the, the manly men who are listening yes. uh, with a fact, um, here we go. There has been at least one Bayern Munich player on the pitch in every World Cup final since 1982. Well done, Bayern Munich. Uh, lovely. Anyway, on to our next Football! feature. <laughs> Before we jump back into, into periods. Um We've gotten to do the, what one good thing have you done this week? Good point. What, what one good thing have you done? I have recently bought some cute little sandwich bags to take oh, my sandwich nice. in. 
Oh, uh, they got little bits of alcohol on them, and they got they got whales um, oh, on them, brilliant. and they've also got a name tag as well. Oh, that's cute. So I, you can stop. I'm stealing starting your to lunch. think they were originally marketed towards children. Hey, that is absolutely fine. But you know what? I bought two, so I can take two sandwiches, and <laughs> no one's going to stop me. I, I think they're brilliant. I, they're really cute. They're great. I think good. Good on you. They're very kids don't washable. get to yeah have all the fun. We're yeah. allowed to have some of their stuff. Slowly bringing down the cling film and tinfoil use. Very nice. Thank you so much. What about yourself? Um, so I've just I've just bought some new bedding. Very grown up. Oh. But um, following on from our like fast fashion episode and stuff, where we talked about kind of cotton and all of the problems with um, like pesticide use and um, things not being very sustainable. So I've gone for some bedding from Dip and Doze, who are organic and fair trade. What are they called Dip and Doze? Yeah. I guess because you dip into bed and doze and off, doze maybe, off, I guess. I would imagine yeah. that's where the inspiration for the name came from. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to them arriving. Nice one. Well done. Thanks very much. Back to periods? Back to periods. Okay, so one of the reasons, you know, like I said, we wanted to kind of talk about uh, sustainable periods um, is because there's been a lot in the news about having a plastic-free period. So not just, you know, mm. plastic-free life and lunch boxes um, and, you know, shower products. Um, plastic-free periods are becoming a, a much more kind of talked about thing because, of course, it's, you know, it's a sanitary product, most of them. They're, you know, they're, they're, they tend to come wrapped in plastic for yeah. health reasons, um, which, is, which is great. And obviously, we, we don't want to be unhealthy in our nether regions. No, not at all. But it does mean that because Cleaner so many people, yeah, so many people um, need these products and use these products so often, um, actually the volume of plastic that can be used is, is insane. So City to Sea have done a, or are currently doing a plastic-free periods campaign and they had some fun facts. So here's some facts back at you. Come on then. Okay. So a box of menstrual pads um, can contain the same amount of plastic as five carrier bags. One box, same as five carrier bags. Do you know what the average amount number of pads in the box is? Uh, some of them are like 15 pads, maybe. Oh, wow. Generally, the box or the bag that they all come in is plastic, and then they're all individually wrapped yeah. in plastic. And then also the, the backy lining of it is plastic, because that's what gives you the, the kind of the, I guess, waterproofing, so it doesn't yeah. leak through to your clothes. So there is a hell of a lot of plastic in them. Wow. But I'd never really put it... If you put it in terms of plastic bags, that's like a really... I don't think I ever realised there was plastic in them. I sort of assumed it was more more the packaging yeah. and maybe certain aspects. I didn't realise there was that much plastic. Yeah, the whole the whole back of them needs to be plastic. Otherwise, yeah. it's uh, leak that central. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then uh, menstrual products are the fifth most common item found on Europe's beaches, as a report by, I think that was the European really? Commission. Yeah, because you just flush them down the loo. Ah, uh, what are you supposed to do with them? Uh, put them in the bin. Ah, uh, okay. So um, with with pads and stuff, anyone who so there's there's two things. Uh, correct. If I'm over over explaining this to you, please do let me know. Well, you over explain and we'll edit down um, <laughs> based on how uncomfortable I am. <laughs> Lovely. So there are pads which go in the bottom of your pants and they're quite thick and quite absorbent. And then you get these things called panty liners, which are like a very condensed, very thin version of them. And they're not specifically designed to absorb loads of period. They can be like a daily wear. They can kind of just mop up the leaks or you can just wear them on a, a daily basis for comfort. Mm. Um, they're not like heavily absorbent, but they are also of the same structure of like an absorbent layer with a plastic back. So the idea of throwing a pad down the toilet, I can't see anyone thinking that that's a good idea because they're kind of massive and obviously going to block yeah. up the toilet. 
But apparently a lot of people still throw the panty liners down the toilet, the really thin versions, because they seem quite light and small. I guess people's brains just go, oh, it must dissolve or something. Yeah, I don't really know. But um, but then also tampons as well. The natural thing there is to is to put them in the toilet because they're, they're kind of... They're quite icky once mm. you've taken them out. Um, but apparently you are supposed to put them or wrap them and put them in a sanitary bin. I think the issue there is that sometimes that bin can like get a bit stinky. But then also, I suppose if you're out and about at work or something, the, those bins might not be there. Well, generally in women's toilets, they are. Oh, are they? Okay. Because you have no... Like, there's always going to be happy someone... Happy to know I've not been inside a women's toilet. Well done. So. Well done for letting us have our privacy in the yes. toilets. <laughs> um, yeah, gen- generally there are there are bins in, in every women's toilet. Okay. Um, but yeah, like you said, it depends how many, pe- how many times like at work or something, the cleaning staff are changing those bins or whatever and whether they're kind of airtight. Um, but I think... Um, I think other countries, um, I feel like France and a lot of European countries, they're kind of taught from a young age, tampon goes in bin, whereas mm. we're not, or certainly I wasn't 15 years ago taught, tampon goes in bin, I was just taught flush. But of course, that just goes straight into the sewer system and quite often out to sea. Oh no, so here we are telling everyone to go on their beach cleans, which you should. Yeah. Find, find, find some tampons. tampons. <laughs> Yeah, kind of gross, really. But I think, yeah, um, so Marine Conservation Society, uh, if you go back and listen to that episode about beach greens, yeah, they, they said the same thing. There's quite a lot of, like, sanitary products that just wash up on the on the shore. Because I, I guess the thing with tampons is they've got to go, you know, up. You, mm. you don't want them breaking down very easily. don't want them breaking down up there and, like, leaving stuff. No, not at all. So they're built to be, you know, they're built to last for that period of time. But that also means that Excuse even the in the environment, they continue to last. So bin them is bin one them. thing. Um but then there's, you know, it's not just it's not just plastic. It's 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 not just the only problem with them. Some of the way that we use or or handle our, our menstrual cycle. So, for example, um, menstrual product producers they don't have to disclose what's in their products. So not like you know if we use like the Food Standards Agency or like with cosmetics, those producers have to say exactly what's in them. But the but you don't if you're they producing don't have to say what they're made of or anything. They don't have to. Yeah. So they don't have to give you the breakdown. So you don't you don't one hundred percent know if there's um you know if they've been organic or if, if there's any kind of residual chemicals yeah. or anything in them. So a lot of like um, tampon companies um, used to bleach their tampons so that they look white, they look clean. Um, uh, you don't really want any residual bleach products going. No, I can. Up in your yeah, that's making parts. me wince thinking about it. Making you wince. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine what it's like for you. Ah, no. Sorry, so, listeners. So, would this not have to be disclosed anywhere? So it's not just on the package. So they wouldn't have to disclose it on their websites or. What I've read is that no, they don't have to disclose what's in their products. Ooh, which makes me a bit. Well, I can't even remember where I read that, but not super pleased with that. Yeah, I would be happy. Mm. But also, um, like you said, there's a lot of cotton in things like tampons, um, and yeah, like we've said. Um, it, it depends entirely on how the cotton's been produced as to its environmental footprint. So you can choose to go for organic cotton, um, but those that haven't been um, organically sourced can sometimes, you know, you don't know if there's going to be possibly a residue of um, pesticides or bleach or, or any kind yeah. of unsustainable yeah. industry uh, residue, which I'm, I'm not that keen on being around. Um, so tampons are normally made from cotton, rayon, polyester. Um, polyester's plastic. That's yes, a fun one. Yeah. What, what, what's rayon? Uh, it's, I think it's another natural, uh, like cotton. It's okay. another natural fibre. Um, but again, both of those can contribute to a lot of pesticide use and water use in there. Yeah, I've got. Uh, if um, people want to hear more about organic versus non-organic cotton, you can definitely go back to our fast fashion episode. It's quite a good one. Mm. Where we mention it, or just quick Google search will give you some uh, basic facts as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, one study 
conducted did look at um do you remember i talked about bpa in our plastics episode i do yeah the endocrine disrupting chemical how could i forget uh, oh it was riveting so, naturally. very memorable <laughs> um so they have found that some of these um some of these bpas these bisphenols um can be um found in non-organic products um Okay, which is again so the the warning that we had with them was they have been linked to causing you know cancer and heart problems because they act like a hormone when they get into your body. Yeah, um, and yeah, we were advising people maybe to switch to metal yeah, bottles uh, to be certain on the safe side. Yeah, um, which is then I suppose a bit worrying if you're putting it down in your sensitive areas. Yeah, because I seem to with... recall before this episode <laughs> you uh, gave me a particularly descriptive fact um <laughs> which was that vaginas are very highly permeable oh well done and you said something else as well um there's high blood flow and high absorption in yes. that in that region that that would be what you said well done for saying the word vagina and and being not blinking as well fair play thank you i've taped my eyes open like <laughs> clockwork orange <laughs> so. no it's brilliant um yeah exactly like of of everywhere for you to be putting something that is not good to be absorbed into your blood that is a place of high absorption and um not something i really would like to think yes. about too much so we've basically just crushed um anything that's not organic there haven't we that's what we've said yeah um have there been studies to say that that is an issue through that particular entryway i did read that somewhere yes that they have found bpa in uh, the non-organic products yeah um and i don't know if there was one testing thing is if you have um bpa in your system you can find it through blood tests but you can't tell how it's got yeah, into your system yeah. because plastic is everywhere in our lives like all of our food comes wrapped in plastic um even if you try and cut out like you know you stop having a plastic water bottle you still interact with plastic in so many ways that you're often going to ingest bpa exactly. anyway so you can't trace whether it's come from your mouth or your or your vagina but then even um if it wasn't uh, getting into your body everything we discussed in terms of uh, the plastic recycling and discarding of plastic is still relevant then if the BPA could end up in the environment around you. Absolutely. Also. Especially if you're flushing it down the toilet. Yeah, which you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> I mean, you'll block up your own toilets as well. Like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, you hear all those stories about those, like, fatbergs in, yeah. in London and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure that's one of the contributors as well. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure Fatberg was at least, I don't know, I'm going to imagine a, a figure out of thin air, but it's probably 20% tampon. It's got to be. I mean, is now a good time for a man fact? Oh, yeah, let's do a man fact. Man fact. <laughs> During the filming of Die Hard, Bruce Willis suffered hearing loss. During one scene where Bruce Willis had to shoot a terrorist from under a table, the gun was a little too close to him as it went off, and wow. he was left with permanent partial hearing loss in one ear oh as a God. result. Wow, fair play to him doing his own stunts and mm -hmm. playing with some. Well, I assume it's not a real gun, but fairly. I uh, would hope it's good not a real fake gun. if it's making um, that much the fact noise. Below that was he wore prosthetic feet um, for when he was going across the glass. What? That's a that's a way cooler fact. <laughs> I wasn't sure which one to go for. Prosthetic feet. That's yeah. amazing. Like um, if you watch the like how they made Lord of the Rings. I, I you know knew you were going to go for that fact. I love that fact. <laughs> I just remember watching it when I was a kid, like the, the giant feet that they gave the hobbits. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what I'm imagining. Oh, no, I, I, I thought right you were going to go for the facts that, um, you know, where Sam wades through the river no. to get to Frodo at the end of Fellowship. Oh. He cut himself on glass in the river. Gosh, did he? Mm -hmm. And you know when um, Aragorn kicks a helmet? I think I think that's in Fellowship as well. Probably. No, in, in Two Towers when they're searching for Mary and Pippin. At the beginning, oh, God, he, your he, knowledge is much he better. He kicks than a mine. helmet 
And he goes like, ah, because he can't find them. He actually broke his toe on the helmet. Ooh. So part of that was real. <laughs> That's amazing. Fair play actors. I love it when something actually happens and they still use that take. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the famous ones, Leonardo DiCaprio as well. That was going to be, yeah. And on um, uh, Django. Of Wall Street. It was oh, Django, Django. yeah. yeah. One, one of his big ones, yeah. And you can see like that blood is like his blood. Yeah, I know. You would just assume it's, it's not, but fair play to him. Okay, Talking fun facts blood. aside. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a very, very nice segue. Thank you. Okay, so let's have a chat about some of the other options. We've kind of dived into um, a lot of the problems. Um, mostly, yep, mostly plastic. Um, but there are, there are so many other options. We don't want single use, we don't want plastic. So obviously we've talked about um, Moddy Body and their pants. Mm-hmm. They, I genuinely think, are a really good option. As, as I said, I recommend them as a kind of second layer of protection. Yes. Uh, for, if you're nervous. Um, Possibly worth saying at this point in that, um, despite having partners, nothing we say or recommend is ever going to be purely because we have partners in this episode. Just to, you know. Oh, no, no, yeah. Assuage our listeners. There are, um, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Good disclaimer, good disclaimer. Yes, right. I, I just thought I'd say, we, we don't ever endorse something we actually thought yeah was worth endorsing well that's what that's why i wanted to try them as well i didn't yeah. want to kind of say and you know i've spoken to a lot of people as well um hello to my sister she'll probably listen to this she hello. finds the idea of them absolutely repulsive the pants yeah that's i mean i was skeptical to start with not at all um yeah very very good disclaimer we haven't sold out completely guys but and there you know there are other brands as well there are um quite a few other types of um sustainable pant that basically do the same thing that's a very bbc quote there are other brands are available <laughs> <laughs> Other period I'm just really fishing available. for a job at Radio 4. Um, <laughs> um, and they all, they all look very similar and they all have quite different designs and stuff. And actually, to be fair, some of some of them are quite cool. Like you can get some quite cool patterns on some of them. And some of them have got like lacy bits to try and make you feel a bit sexy, even though you're on a period and generally people don't feel very why sexy. Not? Why yeah. can't you feel sexy in your We period? deserve to feel great. Yeah. We deserve not to, you know, be shamed and kind of hate our bodies for th- that week every month. Um, so moving on from them. You can also buy reusable pads, which are kind of made out of fabric or cotton, um, and you kind of put them in your pants, and a lot of the time they have like a popper on the wings, so the wings are the bits that stick out, and then you fold underneath your pants okay, so that they stay in place. That makes sense. And normally for pads, they're sticky, so it kind of stays in place, and you can decide to have the wings or not. But with these ones, a lot of them have wings that have a popper, so then you can fold it under the pant so it stays where it needs to be. Because they obviously don't have a sticky part. wash away. What well, doesn't have a sticky yeah, part? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, that's, that's what I meant. Um, yeah. How many uses can you get out of these? So I think they, well, as many as you like, really. Um, in the same way as I think you would change a pad once or twice a day, depending on your flow and whether you're using tampons or cups or whatever. Um, it's the same amount, really, for um, sure. one of these. Maybe a bit less, I guess, because I don't think they've got the um, kind of plastic backing, obviously. But um, basically what you do is like once you're done with them, uh, you wash them hand wash them in cold water just to get kind of the worst of it out and then you can just bung them in the wash with your pants and socks or whatever okay so pretty pretty easy i've not tried them um i know a couple of people that do and really like them um actually for example my cousin iona she went and did a couple of months in africa um in tanzania and lived with some communities out there um she was doing some volunteering and basically she brought these with her she's super into sustainable stuff she's great and she brought these with her and um the the families there were like oh my god what are these these are amazing um and so she uh. started working or speaking to one of the people in that community and they started making their own so they copied the design of yeah. her ones and then just started making their own That's so amazing. now these women have this amazing opportunity for these reusable um periods products for themselves you never you sort of forget that certain communities don't have access 
to these sanitary products at all. Yeah, we, we are very lucky that we have them yeah. have them everywhere. That's another thing I'll come on to later, actually. Period poverty. Uh, have fun. Yes. Uh, what other options have we got? We talked about tampons a lot. So um, if you love tampons and you don't want to stop using tampons, I'm not going to tell you, obviously, to do that at all. But you could, for example, instead of having ones with applicators... Just go for a non-applicator one because then you don't have this wasted plastic. So you look a bit blank. It's kind What's of an like, applicator. So it kind of looks a bit like a syringe. So the tampon sits in in this kind of bit at the uh, front, and then it's got another. It's got like a pusher at the yeah. bottom, so you can push the pusher, and it pushes the tampon into place. Okay. Whereas a non-applicator one, you just use your finger and pop it up. Okay. Basically, that makes sense. And some people find that gross, but at the same time, it's it also your own body and. So if you stop using applicator ones, you've got much less packaging because they're smaller and they don't have this applicator, which is, I think, quite a good way to be. Or if you are, you know, intent on using applicators, maybe use the cardboard ones instead of the plastic ones. Or, and this is one I'm not really, I'm not sold on this solution, but I did see one. You can buy reusable applicators. So you just buy naked tampons and then you have this and you put it in an applicator yourself, pop it up, leave it where it needs to be. And then you wash the applicator leave it in a little cotton bag and then next time you need a tampon just repeat process okay. so you're you're massively reducing how much plastic you're using because yeah. you're still using a non-applicated tampon but you've got the active but that doesn't applicator. appeal to you no it doesn't for some reason i think it's just i think because I'm, I'm used to not using applicators anyway it doesn't yeah. i don't feel the the need to have one um and i do like that this option's there it's by um dame by the way folks if you want to google it d-a-m-e i found those awesome but yeah i suppose that's the good thing that there are different sustainable options depending yeah. on your method of choice. That's I the thing. I think you don't actually have to make like drastic changes, which is really nice. Yeah. So a lot of people think, and we'll come on to this next, okay, to be sustainable, I have to use a menstrual cup. Yeah. And everyone's like, Ugh, or quite a lot of people I've spoken to say, cups. yuck, I don't want a moon cup. Again, shout out to my sister. She finds this completely disgusting. Um, <laughs> Um, whereas a lot of my friends are also very on, on board with the, the menstrual cup. So these basically are like silicon, like medical grade silicon. They look a bit like an egg cup. Um, you just pop them in, go about your business. Whenever you would normally change a pad or a tampon, you take it out and you empty it into the toilet. Either wash it in the sink, give it a rinse or give it a wipe, pop it back in and you're kind of ready to go. Um, and they're great, I think. They're, a lot of people, myself included, find it quite... Um, it's tricky to to get the placement of it right because we're used to tampons which just go up yeah um whereas you have to kind of fit this right against the walls so that it creates almost like a suction so there's no kind of leak around where it's coming and it does feel a little bit weird if it's in the wrong place but you know after a few goes or a few periods a few cycles you do get used to it you don't notice it and you do i think a lot of people have really started to trust it and like live by it and swear by it now and they're supposed to last for up to 10 years Oh, wow. Uh, they're, they're really good. So, you, so that's you pay, a lot of plastic saved, yeah. 10 years. Yeah, exactly. You pay, what, 20 quid for one or two? Yeah. Uh, and then they can last you for quite a long time. And then you, you sterilise them at home. You can you can either buy these little like pots that you put them in the microwave in or you just dedicate one saucepan. To, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not, don't put that one back into circulation afterwards, yeah. but you, you boil them in boiling water for a couple of minutes just to completely sterilise them and then it's ready for your next next cycle. But they're, they're quite cool. Yeah, you have to designate your own period pan. I would, yeah, I think. And the great thing as well is because they're flexible, they're good for if you do sport, apparently. Because mm, um, they kind sense. of bend yeah. and move with you, which is quite cool. Yeah, I can imagine periods can really get in the way of sports. They get in the way of everything. They, they are, they're just such a pain. Such a pain. The, oh, I'm pretty sure at the Women's World Cup, you, which was, it was quite 
nice to hear some of the women open up about period pains during games and being realistic about you know their performance on the field and mm. not being ashamed to say the exact reason why yeah i think that's great actually yeah. yeah that's excellent you're itching well for done. a man fact yeah i was gonna jump in here with man fact nice um let's go for the world beer chugging champion according to guinness book of world records down one liter of beer in just 1.3 seconds how do you do that open up your gullet and just go what you sound like a man who knows how to do that. No, I, I know. Anyone who has been to pub with me... I've known you through uni. You can't do that. I was going to say, yeah, you, you've, you've seen me that. and I cannot. I God. stopped halfway through and I was like, no. How do you discover that skill as well? Unless you're maybe part of like the uni rugby club, how do you discover that you can chuck back a, a pint in less than two seconds? Rough childhood. It's a bit mad. <laughs> I suppose. That was a good fact. And pure boredom. I'm just going to very quickly as well say, the fear of an empty beer glass is officially known as xymosenosilicophobia. Seriously? That yes. has an actual scientific name. Very fear of an empty snappy beer glass. name, that one. I'm not going to remember that, I'll be honest. No, but just know that there is a it's there. name for the phobia of an empty beer glass. That's mad. Yeah, well... Are you ready to go back to periods? Yes, I'm, I'm ready. Okay, so I have found some options as well. Um, if you don't really want to change, you know, if you're used to using your tampons and things, if you don't want to change, no problem. There's a subscription service by Mondays who do plastic-free pads and tampons and they're organic cotton. They've come in compost compostable uh, wrappers, um, which you can put in your own food bin. They're basically, the wrappers are made out of the same stuff that you put like in your food bin lining kind of oh, thing. Wow. So if you have a compost, you can put them in. And subscription services are great because that kind of takes the pressure off you to remember to make those choices in the supermarket. Exactly. Just done. And they just arrive. Yeah. Um, so they seem really cool. Um, and there's also Flow, um, do organic tampons, that's FLO, and Natura Care do plastic free pads which are made from organic cotton as well so if you, if you don't want to change your routine just maybe change what you're buying mm. which is quite cool excellent lovely so one last thing then go on now that i've uh, chewed your ear off a bit about periods um you touched on this slightly before um it's, it's something that came off my research was a lot of work about period poverty we take it for granted that we can buy these products every and this month. has been hitting the news quite a lot in the last uh, couple of years actually hasn't it um, yeah because you've had um I think in Scotland, is it they've been providing sanitary products for girls? Possibly, but there are quite a few charities in the UK that are starting to combat this. Yeah. Um, because I... Oh, and there's also I've pressure to... to reduce the tax as well, or to oh, remove the tax entirely. I'm I'm furious that that's even a, a, a fact. Yeah. That, that I can't believe there's a tax on menstrual products. Anyway, that's, that's a whole other political board fight. So in 2017, a study um, found that one in 10, one in 10 girls in the UK... Um, can't always afford sanitary protection and have been improvising with things like socks and toilet roll. One in ten. ten. That's a lot. That is mad. We live in a very developed country. This is insane that we can't afford to care for our bodies with something that we can't help it happening. Yeah. It's mad. So there's been quite a lot of um, charity work and things trying to address this. So another way, you know, that you can possibly help make periods in general a bit more sustainable or at least help other people... um, enjoy or be better with their periods is to donate to some of these charities right so one of them you've got freeperiods.org which are helping universities be able to provide free sanitary products um and always um the kind of the very brand. popular brand yeah you know quite a lot of plastic in them they're, they're quite plastic heavy but um they're helping to partner with schools to help provide sanitary products to, to 
products to school kids, yeah. which is great. But there's actually, there's one in the UK called Freedom for Girls. And this is, this is the one I'm rooting for, I think. So they're a registered charity in the UK and they provide or, or donate um, sanitary products in, to schools in the UK. Or not just schools, they, they have them at like women's centres, health clinics, community centres. It depends where you can basically, you can, you can be a centre which accepts these to mm-hmm. distribute them. So there's quite a range. Um, and also in Kenya and Uganda, I think they started to um, give these products to schools in Kenya and Uganda. And then a local school to them said look, some of our kids are coming in and they're really struggling. Can we get involved? And it really opened their eyes to the fact that this is happening in the UK. Yeah. So now they wow. do that. They've got 70 outlets in the UK. And what's really cool is they're the only one that I researched that found they provide menstrual cups. They don't just give you pads and tampons. So they will provide a sustainable option. Yeah, so cool. they can give you menstrual cups. And they also, if you're in Leeds every month, they run a cloth pad sewing workshop. So you can make uh, your own reusable um, cloth pads, which I just think is brilliant. So well, what was this charity called? Sorry, Freedom for Girls. Freedom for Girls. Well, so I think well they're really cool. Girls. Yeah. Really so if you if you need something, maybe have a look at them, or if you fancy donating to a charitable cause, like I'm backing them. I think what they're doing yeah. is really really cool. There we go. Some post Christmas donations. <laughs> yeah, if you've got any spare money post Christmas, like we all do, <laughs> <laughs> just maybe think about the girls that definitely don't have money and um, exactly are, uh, are about to be on that period. Yes, I think that's that's enough uh, that's enough period chat from me. That was not as uncomfortable as I thought it could have been. Good for myself. <laughs> I'm really pleased. So thank you very much. That was very enlightening and very very interesting to hear. Actually, good. Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed that, and and everyone, I hope you've learned something from that because yes. that's certainly one of our weirder and more uncomfortable things to be talking about. But that's precisely why we did it, wasn't it? So, exactly. Let's break down those walls. Well done, everyone. We did it together. And now for you manly men that are still here, a man fact. Lamborghini is famous today for making some of the world's fastest and most glamorous supercars, but it started out making tractors. And the original firm of Lamborghini still does. Really? Tractors? The sports car side today is owned by Audi. Oh. Lamborghini's top tractor today is called the R8, a name it shares with the top Audi. I was going to say, I recognise the Audi R8, but not the, not the Lamborghini tractor R8. Exactly. That's and brilliant. Porsche also produced tractors in the 60s. Amazing. Do you reckon um, people still have like um, Lamborghini tractors and they're like the esteemed? I think they still do. I'm sure I've seen somewhere that, especially in in Italy, there is still a lot of Lamborghini tractors knocking around. That's amazing. Yeah, because they're expensive bits of kit anyway. I can imagine. Yeah, I thought everyone in the UK just had John Deere. That's the only tractor (laughs) brand I know. John Deere and um... Cat, or do they do diggers? Cat do diggers. What was the other one? Anyway, that's for another podcast <laughs> a lovely tangent <laughs> okay let's well let's let's wrap it up for there then thanks for sticking with us um if you would like to get in contact with us about um sustainable periods or indeed about anything at all uh you we have all all the medias all the social <laughs> you can medias find us everywhere on the internet all the communication lines um we have a facebook which is for what it's earth podcast very nice we have twitter um which is what earth pod yes excellent instagram which is also what earth pod no emma's shaking her head no for what it's earth podcast oh you are doing so well two for three that's good and then we've got email which is for what it's earth podcast pod pod at (laughs) gmail.com for what it's earth pod at gmail.com halfway through season two and i still can't get that right well we'll get there one day we'll get there one day i'm gonna get you a big sign with it i think (laughs) (laughs) 
So thanks very much for listening, chaps. We'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.